You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. AfterBuzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Preachers of LA After Show. The mirror, Phantom, 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 Episode six on season one, and this one is called Staying True to You. I am your host, Fallon Mercedes. We have our lovely Megan in the building. Say What's hi. Up, y'all, yes, my voice is almost back, but until then I'm still rocking in the tenor section of the church choir. <laughs> and we also have a new, very special co-host that I want all of you to give a great warm welcome to. Her name is Tiffany. Whoop, whoop. Welcome to Hello, After Tiffany. Buzz TV. Thank you for such a warm welcome. Wow. Very special i love it i have to live up to that now we love newbies here because one we want to break you in (laughs) right (laughs) and then also you know we're fans of the show just like you guys and you know fans out there so it's nice to get another opinion in here and you guys out there commented about um our friend trey who joined us last week and you loved his opinion so it's just it's nice that you guys chime in and comment and is this your First after this buzz? Is my very first time, so I'm an after buzz virgin. Ooh. So take it easy on me, ladies. <laughs> well, the Lord loves virgins, so you're in the right <laughs> place, right honey. <laughs> now tell us about um, you know, do you have any hosting history? Are you a fan of Preachers of LA? Let do us you know. love Jesus? I love all of that. <laughs> I am a host and a producer. Mm. And uh, I came here because I love Preachers of LA, which is very funny because I'm not affiliated with any church whatsoever. And I really don't love reality TV. Mm-hmm. Enter Preachers of LA, <laughs> bringing me back to the church side, also back to reality. So I'm happy to be a part of the show and talking about it. Thank you. Yay. <laughs> We're happy to have you now. Do you identify yourself as a Christian? Because when people say, oh, you know, I don't go to any, I'm not associated with any church, you know, People will tend to say, oh, I'm just spiritual. How do you identify yourself? I don't identify myself. Really? I kind of have avoided labels up until this point, and I plan on continuing to do that. I'm not a Christian. I don't go to churches. I don't affiliate with any organized religion. Mm -hmm. I've had several bad experiences, actually, in churches. Right. And so I've just chosen to explore on my own Mm -hmm. what God is, and I don't feel like I can pinpoint that as being a person, a man mm-hmm. who's judging every single thing that I do. So I don't 
I don't call myself anything. I call myself a explorer. I think this will be great for us right. because we're both Christians. We identify with that. So it'll be nice to have a different point of view, somebody right. who's not on the same side as us. So welcome to After Buzz TV. Woo, woo. Bringing in woo, that woo. secular point of view. <laughs> I find it interesting, too, that you had kind of a bad experience with the church, but you love the show. Oh, yeah. Because right. I've been seeing comments who um, people, they'll have a bad experience with the church and they see their, the show and they'll be like, see, see that's, that's what I go to church. Right, yeah. right. But I love that. I mean, I think that the churchgoers are probably most turned off by this show. Mm -hmm. Right. However, I enjoy seeing the different, uh, another side of pastors. Right. Show me the real side. Yeah. I don't want to see this holy roly thing, this front that you put on. I like seeing their life. Yeah. Right. And they're not perfect and I enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Actually, you know, there are some people that are turned off from the show, but there is still a lot of people that are turned on for the sixth episode this week. Over a million people still tuned in. Right. So this is six episodes right. of over a million watchers. So this shows us that I think we're going to be having a season two. Absolutely. Uh, they yay. definitely have a hit. <laughs> yay. All right. So in this episode, we've seen, um, I guess, our, our bishops and our, our pastors trying to stay truth to themselves. And the first one, we see our lovely Bishop Gibson, who is known for having a little too much swag. Personally, that's what I love about him. What do you right. ladies think about him having too much swag? I will say this. He's growing on me more and more every single week. Mm -hmm. And this week for me, he was very um, just honest. And I, I really think I love this episode because it, it shows that God has to reach everybody and he has to meet them where they're at. Like there's so many different avenues that God can reach people. And for us to try to put God in a box and say, this is how he's packaged. This is how he looks. This is how he needs to come to me is not correct because everyone's different. Mm -hmm. And that's what Ron Gibson shows. He shows the side of, you know, he's a street guy. Street guys are, they're very show offy. They're very, you know, like, look what I have. But there's a man that can identify with him. Mm -hmm. There is a dude out there on the streets that's probably gangbanging that identifies with Ron Gibson so well, identifies with his swag, mm -hmm. identifies with his story, and will eventually probably find his own relationship with God because he can relate to somebody like Ron Gibson. Yes. Tiffany, what do you think? I think that there is a such thing as too much swag, and I think that... <laughs> I love you already. <laughs> I think that he has too much swag. Yeah. Like, okay, and, and even coming from his point of view, like, he came up with nothing. And now he has everything. Mm -hmm. So he, that does come with a lot of baggage. I feel like he needs to dial it back a little bit. Like, we don't need to know that you're wearing Armani today. Like, yeah, that's I would agree with his wife yeah. or what his wife said. Yeah. She's like, you don't need to tell the price tag and then uh, that your suit is tailor made. I agree. It's too much. Yeah. Lady Lavette, she just always gives it to everyone, even her husband, real, but right. with a smile on her face. Right. And she told him, you know, he asked her, you know, I'm worried people are saying that I come off basically too cocky when I'm on stage. And she told him, well, honey, when you're always talking about yourself and focusing on yourself and the price tag of your clothes and what you drive, people are going to take it that way. Right. Right. And me personally, I feel like he is showy. He is, he does have a lot of swag, but that's him. That's, that's right. what makes him him. I kind of feel like, you know, a little kid who is, you know, um, bouncing off the walls and has too much energy. Like it can be too much sometimes, but that's, that's them. You got to right. love them or a little kid who's too emotional, right. you know, it's. 
And I, that's him. You right. And love I love him for who he is. Exactly. And I respect him for that because again, he, his ministry reaches a certain person, mm-hmm. certain group of people, mm-hmm. especially guys that are just like him. There's a lot of guys that grow up on the street in the hood and you know, they, they, they aspire to be a, a drug lord or a drug dealer because of the things that that guy can get. Now you mm-hmm. see Ron Gibson who has the same exact things that a drug lord has. Yeah. However, he got it because he loves the Lord. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, so I don't think that there's anything wrong with that. And I really like his swag. Is it too much at times? Yeah. But I feel like there's a lot of showboat type of, you know, look at me swagged out type of dudes that can appreciate that. And we'll look yeah. up to him. And he does it in a way not to oppress people, but to help people. Right. He wants to show everybody, you know, you can get this too if you walk with the Lord. You don't have to gang bang and sell drugs right. and stuff like that. So it's, it is, it's, it's a beautiful thing that he can be kind of showy, but also do it for the right reason. I think he definitely accomplishes what he sets out to do. And there is a place in this world for him and people like him and people gravitate towards that. When I think about Clarence McClendon going to Compton, I laugh because <laughs> like somebody I, has to do it. Yeah, like so I just, right. I couldn't put it's that when happen. you put you just said that I couldn't put the two and Never. two in my head. I no, can, yeah, that ain't right. his I ministry, cannot, honey. I think right. I mm-hmm. could see Hazelup going before. Right. <laughs> He'll never go with the game. Yeah, that's just not. Them. And he for sure wouldn't go alone. Absolutely. Because <laughs> he ain't from the University of South Central, honey. <laughs> USC. I was I dying. No, when, when he, he fir- said that. When he first said that, I was like, oh, I didn't realize he went to like, I didn't realize USC had seminary school. Me too. I was like, go Bishop. No, I'm like, so mad no. <laughs> I love it. His one-liners are amazing. Right. I think, you know, whoever's doing marketing needs to put together uh, a, a book. book of all his sayings right. from this whole season because he just, he always nails it. Or somebody needs to make a Twitter account with just the saying. Right. I love that his wife, because if I was his wife, I would probably be like, shh, don't say that. Like, all the time. Yeah. But she lets him do him. Yeah. Right. And, you know, even you can see her rolling her eyes sometimes with yeah. some of the one-liners <laughs> that he throws out there, but he still does him and I love that. So um, I guess I'll explain that Gibson in this episode, first he's at the barbershop kind of getting ready for, um, he has a big night. He is um, a keynote speaker. He needs to address, he wants to be part of um, this kind of general board of uh, leaders in the church God in Christ. And now there's 12 people who get elected to be on this board. There's businessmen, there's spiritual men, there's wise men. He feels he'll, he will be a great asset because he's a bishop and he could reach, you know, right. to the streets, into the church. But what he's worried, worried about is, you know, he comes from the streets. He is not like them. And he feels like the board is probably not going to like that. That he right. is not the same as them. Um, so when he does his speech, he does an amazing job. I got goosebumps. Man, girl, I was, was like, oh, that's yes! the for me. <laughs> and, you know, he, he gets up there and in front of the board, he tells them there's some haters over here. Three, actually. Three that did not raise their hand who want no. me. And I, you could see his wife. She was just like, no, he didn't. <laughs> right. But he brought it back around to say that, you know, it is because of people who have hated on him, who did not support him, that brings him to where he is right now. Right. There was somebody who said that he will never be a bishop, that he can't be a bishop. And that's what drove him. So he was telling the congregation, you know, call your haters and and be thankful and say thank you to them because that's what's going to push you, motivate you to be the person that you want and you know that you can be. Right. And he was like, your missteps. He said, he said all of the missteps and the mistakes that he made 
made him who he was, which is true. Exactly. And and I think that's the one thing that we forget, especially for Christian people, because a lot of Christian people can be hypocritical. Yes. And I think this this episode shows us that, Mm -hmm. you know, the Church of God of Christ is very conservative. They're Kojic people don't play. Like, you know, you got to wear your skirt and all this stuff. And um, for him to come at a very, you know, in a very liberal way. You have to understand Jesus was a radical. Exactly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he he was liberal. So yeah. he's not Ron Gibson's not doing anything that's incorrect. It's yeah. just different. Yeah. And sometimes people aren't ready for differences or changes. And another scene in this episode we see um Hazlip. He says that it saddens it saddens him to see Christians hating on other Christians. Right. And to me it's the same thing, you know? It's everybody's not going to have the same point of view and they're going to interpret the Bible the way that they feel and the spirit leads them to interpret it. But um, later on, we'll see about tattoos, you know, not everybody agrees with it. Right. But I, I did want to say something about Bishop um, Ron Gibson. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the comments that he made when he was in the barbershop and he was talking to his guys, he said that, you know, a lot of the reason why people don't like church specifically young people is because they don't like how the church is packaged. And he was saying how like Birdman and little Wayne and Kanye are like (laughs) their own pastors. Okay. That's reaching, but I get it. I get what he's saying (laughs) because you know, like you got to make things appealing to people. You can't feel like, well, you got too much bling, too much swag. You you have a gun license and Mm -hmm. you know, you're not qualified to be a pastor Mm -hmm. Why not? Yeah. You know, like I want, that sounds pretty cool. Like you want thug life tatted on your stomach. <laughs> I think that's pretty funny Yeah, because of where you come from. You know what I mean? Like that's hilarious yeah. and people can identify with that. So I love him for that. Yeah. Tiffany, how do you feel about Gibson? Um, he has a gun. Uh, do you feel Stop. okay that a bishop has a gun? Do you feel okay that he's preaching and talking about little Wayne and Birdman <laughs> and kind of comparing himself to the two? You know, it's funny. I'm looking at this from the outside looking in. And the whole gun conversation. Wait, you're telling me you're not thug life? You're not. (laughs) I'm I'm very much thug life. (laughs) Um, But the whole gun conversation definitely rang in my mind because the the people in the barbershop were saying that if you're a man of God, you don't need a gun. And this is what he says to this, to that. He says, I have a license for my gun. And he said, to do the Lord's work in saving souls, I have to make sure my soul doesn't have a pre-departure from this earth. Which I love. So he's saying, he said to them too, he said, you know, when somebody is, um, you know, robbing you and tells you to take off your pants and pull down your, your right. undies, you know, you're going to feel the, the, the Lord leave you real quick because you're going to be so scared. Right. So he right. feels like you should should have a gun. He's going to protect himself. Which completely contradicts the Christian way of thinking <laughs> that you don't need to back up God because God got your back. See, I disagree. I feel like I'm a Christian and I feel like I know that God gave us free will. Mm-hmm. And I know that everybody's not Christian either. And not everybody's going to choose the right. So when you're going into these, um, you know, these, these hoods and there's people who don't follow the Lord there... I feel like, how are you going to protect yourself? But see, here's the thing that I have to say. I think this is more personal preference than it is a show of your faith. Because I think that's what the men in the barbershop were talking about. Bishop Gibson, obviously, is a street dude. And everyone has a gun where he's from. And so for him, it's like, you know, if I'm going into the hood back to what I know, Mm -hmm. I must carry a gun with me. This is the law of the streets. Okay. And he's coming from an, an 
he, he's from this place. Yeah. This is where he grew up. I don't think that means he has less faith than the man who was saying, you know what? If I go into a place like this, I'm going in there with my faith. That's it. I'm going yeah. in there with God. I don't think either one of them is wrong. Yeah. I don't think either one of them has more faith than the other. Yeah, I agree. I don't, and, and I think, I think it's okay either way. Yeah. I personally would be like the dude that said, you know, I'm going in there and I'm, I'm going Holy Ghost dance and I'm going to, I'm, the Lord is my backup. Not His me. angels I'm are my backup. Whipping somebody. That's what I'm saying. But I, I would, I'm not going to say, cause, but that's just how my faith operates. It's yeah. different. You know yeah. what I mean? But I would never tell anybody, don't you dare go in there without your good. If that's, if the Lord is leading you with that, okay, I'm not going to mm-hmm. sit here. But I will say this about what uh, Bishop Gibson said. He said, when he said the whole, I don't want my soul to have a premature departure from my body. I have a little disagreement with that because I don't think no matter what circumstance you're is, I don't believe that people prematurely leave their body. I think there I is disagree. a, I believe there is a, there's a designed time you come in and there's a designed time you come out. Now the time you come out of this world may not be favorable, may not be the way you thought, may not mm-hmm. be what you intended, but I truly believe God's ways are a lot higher than mine. So I don't really understand when people's departure times come. Yeah. That's just me. I disagree on that because like I look at somebody who committed suicide. I feel like it was their free will and God didn't design them to leave at that time. They had the free will to take their their own life at that time. I get you, but I, I kind of feel like this is getting on a whole different tangent, <laughs> but I, just, but I just feel like because God is the beginning and the end, he already knew when your end time was. Yeah. I think and he, he knew, knew that that's how you were going to come out, but he didn't, he didn't want that, but he knew that's how you were going to leave yeah. the earth. Cause he already knows the future before. I don't know. It's a whole yeah, long no, story. It, it, I understand what you're saying, but I feel like, I think he gives you like a little kid, you know, you educate them and you give them the tools to succeed, but it's their choice. But I feel like, he knows when you're going to end it or how how it's going to end. But I think he gives you two roads and you choose. So you design your own path, just like, you know, what you want to be when you grow up. You can be talented in, you know, different areas, but you choose. God gives you mul- multiple talents and right. you choose what you want to do. So that's how I feel about it. I don't know. It is getting too deep right now. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> Tiffany, she's over there quiet. I'm between two Christians. <laughs> Help me. Um, no, I, I agree. Like, if with, I... With if, what? With you. <laughs> like, if I don't go to Compton that day, I might keep my life. Yeah, um, I think it's choices that you make sometimes. That kind but. of influence how long you stay on this earth. All right, well, you guys out there listening let us know what you think in the comment section on youtube or on our itunes please rate subscribe and give us five stars we love five stars and we love your comments i think megan has a a couple comments that I she do. wanted to talk about i do first i want to give a shout out um on our episode five video latasha carter wrote love the show and your reviews i agree that dominique was pregnant already she currently is very pregnant or was at some premiere they were at. So I'm convinced she was pregnant before the marriage, but that does not make me look at her Dietrich or their union any less. Aww. So I will, I will agree with her. I, you heard this from Latasha Carter <laughs> on YouTube. She says that Dominic is definitely pregnant. 
She's very pregnant currently. I don't know how she knows. Maybe she knows. I don't know. But that's a little bit of tea yeah. for y'all. I think she's definitely pregnant. Right. I I didn't think so until I started hearing other people say it. But just like she she's twenty something, she acts like a forty year old. Just the way she carries herself. So that means she's pregnant. <laughs> well, she, <laughs> she was telling me. I know, she right? was telling no, but she was problems over yeah. There. She was right. telling me back there that well, Tiffany was saying um, back and behind the scenes that even the way she was breathing, her like breathing having is breathing, heavy, breathing, her back like, is hurting yeah but she's like young and healthy she shouldn't be doing all that yeah. like oh, something's really not funny. right with the picture and then the rushed marriage red flags all over that yeah okay she's probably pregnant i'm just saying and then the other thing i wanted to address is um mm. i forgot uh one of our listeners i mean one of our viewers love you to death forgot your name but i responded to you on youtube and the one of the um, comments that was made was basically um there was a lot of scripture going on on the Preachers of LA After Buzz show. And the only reason that I ever bring up scriptures is just to um, because they have something to do with what the people in the show are saying. It's a uh, baby girl 1920. Hey baby girl. Hey baby girl 1920. Hey girl. <laughs> no, but the reason I do that is because um, uh, what we were talking about. And so a lot of the stuff that these people say on this show they ground it in the word which is the Bible. But unfortunately a lot of stuff People get it wrong. Mm -hmm. People get it wrong. And there's a lot of stuff that people confuse tradition with what's actually in the Bible. And so it is our duty to make sure we know the difference between the two, because Mm -hmm. that can turn a lot of people away from God, from church, from whatever, Mm -hmm. because they're, you know, somebody is spitting to them some traditional stuff, which is actually nothing that has to do with God. So that's why we give scripture. You make your own conclusions, but we're just going to give you what the word actually says. Just I saying. actually tuned in last week and I tuned in on the part where you were doing your strip, your scriptures. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> do lot. I need to read some of this before I come or what? <laughs> I need to read up. Honestly, that's how I felt when I was watching Preachers of L.A. I'm like, I need to get in my word more because yeah. I don't know if, you know, they're taking it out of context or they're really reading it for what it is. So. For me, just watching the show, not even just doing After Buzz, but it made me kind of brush up on my word and get in the Bible more. Yeah, there's so many different interpretations of the word. Mm-hmm. And you see that through this show, how different preachers take things differently. Right. Yeah. So right. it is helpful to know what it is, what's true and what's not. Right. You know? And so that's all this is. If I ever give you a verse, it's really just to be like, you draw your own conclusions. But this is actually what it says. Oh, yeah. You pick what you think it means. There you go. All right. So let's move on to a little praise and worship. Now we yes. see Bishop McClendon. Um, his son is his assistant and also, um, trying to get more into, uh, being ahead of the praise and worship team. So Bishop McClendon, McClendon says to him, we're going to give you the 2 p.m. service to lead, um, the worship time. So you do what you want. It's a lot of responsibility, but you know, he he grew up in the church where he was never forced to be a preacher. It was up to him where he felt like God was calling him. But he also had a, a passion for music. And I don't know if you guys seen the picture of him on the bass and his oh big gosh. glasses. I'm like, <laughs> McClendon was... He, oh, my gosh. He, he th- Talk about uh, somebody grew into their luck. Right? Bishop yes. McClendon, praise the Lord. He got it yes, together. he did. But um, he felt like even though he loved being a musician so much, he felt that God's hand was over him to become a preacher. And that's how he got that. So now he has a son and he wants to, you know, push him in the direction that whatever God is pushing him in the direction. So whether it be preaching or being gospel music. Now, 
we see Cameron perform and he told his dad before he got on stage and before he set everything up that he wanted a younger audience. He wanted to reach a, a different audience. So he wanted to get younger uh, musicians, younger singers on stage. And McClendon was being supportive, but he was kind of like, you know, we got to remember we need to reach everybody, not just the young. So broader, not necessarily younger. younger. Yeah, okay. Broader. But to me, that meant... <laughs> We right. need to get some young people up here. Right. And um, I think McClendon kind of was struggling with letting him um, take some responsibility. Did you ladies feel the same way? I, I think so, but only because his son is a little, he's not confident. Right. You know, he's a little mousy kid. But I, I, <laughs> this is how I feel. I feel like McClendon has so much power and authority that how can you be very confident? Right. Like even his wife, I feel like we don't see as much of her as we do all the other ladies. I feel like because he he's the powerhouse in the pact. And I think, you know, when you come up under a household with that much, not only is he your father, he's your boss and he's your pastor the preacher right. of your church. I mean, I would be scared to voice right. up. And I and I think he even says that in this episode. Um, Bishop McClendon says that, you know, he's like, I'll be watching everything that you do. He's like, okay, how's it going? Like, he's, he's kind of micromanaging his son a little bit because he loves his son yeah. and he wants to make sure that his son does well mm-hmm. in this new avenue of his life. But I think also because he's kind of a bossy micromanager. Yeah. I mean, he, he kind of is like that. And, and you see just how people how they respect him it's because of how much how into all of his his ministry that he is Mm -hmm. he's very hands-on he's very this is the way i want it done this is the way it needs to be done and maybe that's why he's successful at what he does um we also see a scene with him and his son um in the studio his uh bishop mcclendon um reserves some time in the studio for his son to you know play music, have some daddy, so daddy, nice. daddy, Isn't son time. Right. And I actually, I was on set. That was my first day on set when I started working for oh, the production really? company. So I got to be there and it was really nice to see, you know, that father son time. And they were actually really talking and engaging. And I think, um, Cameron was kind of wondering, you know, like, well, what if I want to do, you know, regular music and, yeah, secular, and music. secular music? And what if um, I don't want to just do gospel? And I think McClendon was, you know, he was speaking truth. He was like, you know, right. I want you to do what your heart desires. But whatever you do, you know, whether it's secular or not, should have a great um, story, a great message. message. Yeah. yeah. And I agree with it. And I love the way, I love how he responds to his son because so many times preachers are always trying to push their kids to be like ministers and stuff. Yeah. And I think the fact that he was a preacher's kid himself and a musician, he yeah. understands the struggles that his son is going through. Yeah. And he's a little more liberal than I think most preachers would be with their kids. Yeah. And he knows it's a different time. Right. And he, and he, he's like, you know, it's fine if you want to, you know, as long as it's a good message and it's about love, like, Sing it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Whatever God leads you to. And I love that. I love his parenting style. Yeah, right. And that's what I was going to say. I love that. Yeah. He, he's authoritative, but I think loving at the same time. Right. I, with both of his sons, the little one I adore. He's so cute. Oh my he's so goodness. Cute. When they were sitting at the dinner table and he was kind of sad that his girlfriend, what is he, oh like eight gosh. years old, right. is moving, but he's like, oh, she'll be back. And Bishop McClendon's like, be back. Like, just talk about a future. <laughs> what are you, you talking talk right. about? Um, what did you guys think of Kim's performance? 
I think that we missed the good parts, obviously, <laughs> because there are people in the audience crying. I'm like, did I miss something? I th- yeah, I will. I will agree with you. I feel like they started with his um, the beginning of his performance, and to me, he looked a little scared. Right. Yeah. He looked a little like, "Hi, it's my first time. It's my first time. I'm so it's your scared. first time. It's my right. first time. But I feel like you saw it, and it was kind of like. Womp, womp, womp. Right. And so I really do think that he, he probably did, once he started singing, once he started getting into it, mm-hmm. he probably did, you know, his confidence built because you yeah. see it when he's in the studio with his father and he's singing his own song, which, by the way, was hot. Yeah. It was, it was okay. Come on. I like that song. I would actually jam that song. Um, I feel like, you know, you saw his little swag coming up, his confidence coming. So I feel like maybe... Yeah, we probably missed that part. They didn't put that in. (laughs) You guys out there, let us know what you're thinking about this part. Um, (laughs) What do you think of Cam's performance? Do you think he would be a great gospel singer or, you know, a a secular music singer? Or do you think he should follow his dad and be a preacher instead? We'd like to know what you guys are thinking. Right. And I like, and I also want to say, I love the the information that his dad gives him because he says, well, like, what do I, what if I want to be like a successful artist or worship singer? Like, what do I have to do? What are my chances? And his dad's like, first of all, like you getting into it for the wrong reasons. And his, his answer to him was as long as you keep the worship before the Lord, like you don't have to worry about it. Don't worry about any of that. Just make sure you have the right motive for doing what you're doing. I just want to put in an early prediction that Cam might be the next little saved R. Kelly. Like, he ah. might be getting into some of that sex music. Really? Well, he's, like, asking about going out on Saturday nights and coming to church on Sunday. Like, his head is obviously straying a little well, bit. Well, I feel like when you're a PK kid and you're under right. that strong hand, you can't do much. He probably doesn't right. party at right. all on Saturday when nights. When he hits 21. Yeah. Right. out of daddy's house. We're going to hear some love making music. <laughs> right. Oh, Coming from Cameron McKenna. We'll have to note to self, you know, a couple years from now, let's, right. let's watch out for Cam Kim. Wrong. <laughs> you see, watch Cam's Instagram page. Uh, I might change. I wonder right? if he's gonna be all tatted up tatted like the up. Haze lips. Um, speaking of tattoos, this episode uh, we see the ladies meet up with um, at Loretta's JJ Loretta's, Bistro. Yeah, JJ's yeah. Bistro with Loretta, and um, they're trying her great food. And different discussions came up. They started talking about a lot of things, and one of the things that came up were tattoos and Maisha did not want no part in this. She started, she started comparing tattoos to having, um, premarital sex, homosexuality, getting drunk. Let me tell you, I personally don't have any tattoos and I feel like I don't have any tattoos. One, because I grew up in the church and I was scared. They, right. they kind of. Implement- Cause everybody was like Maisha at your church, probably. Yeah. Yes. But then when I was old enough and I was, you know, away at college and I could make my own decisions, I feel at that point, I just didn't have any desire to put anything on my body for the rest of my life. Right. In the future, will I? Maybe I will. Maybe I'll have a kid and want to put their face on my arm. Who knows? Oh, gosh. <laughs> or, you know, you, people put different things. But... Thug life on your neck? No. Oh, okay. On my That's stomach. Cute. On my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> but I feel like... Me personally, I don't, I don't see anything wrong with it. I don't think it makes you less of a Christian, more of a Christian. Right. Kind of like uh, Loretta was saying, like um, Christy was saying, like Bishop Hazlip. I feel like it's... What do you guys think? I think it is an, an overstretch to say that you are less of a Christian if you have tattoos. Right. Like I yeah. 
grew up also with that train of thought that your body is your temple and you don't damage it. However, I worked at a, a piercing salon in mm-hmm. college doing that. So I there's and also Pastor Hayslip noted that this is a or Bishop Gibson noted that this is a, a tattoo generation. Forty yeah. percent of millennials have tattoos. Right. So what do you say to that? Yeah. Right. And like and that's the one thing that I wanted to talk about because here's another issue here's another example of how church people misconstrue tradition and what really the word says. Okay. Mm-hmm. So let's just be honest. The one thing that you referenced was first Corinthians six nineteen through 20. And this is what it really says. And this is why I get so mad because people misquote this. It says, or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy spirit within you, whom you have from God? You are not your own for you are bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. So basically your body is a temple. Yes. But you glorify God with that. So if that means you got to get a sleeve full of tattoos to reach some tattooed people, then you get a sleeve full of tattoos because you're glorifying God in that way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And and we have to get out of that mentality, especially because like what Wayne Cheney said, Jesus got a tattoo on his thigh. Revelation 19, 16, it says, <laughs> King it King. Jesus? it's Jesus yeah. in, in Revelation. They're speaking about Jesus. It says King of Kings and Lord of Lords. OK, and guess what? God has a tattoo on his palm. Uh, Isaiah 49, 16. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls and ruins. And, and during that time, he was talking to the children of Israel. So God got a tattoo. Jesus got a tattoo. I don't ever want to hear any church people act like tattoos are bad. There's something wrong with them. No. And, and it, when people say that you're not supposed to put tattoos, uh, the thing that Christy was talking about, mm-hmm. Christy said that, you know, um, in Leviticus, that you're not supposed to cut your bodies for the dead and do not mark your skin with tattoos for other gods. Right. And that was the whole point because during people read the word and they forget that the Bible is written. It's also a historical book. Okay. It's, it's not only how you live, but it's a historical book. So you have to read everything in context to history, understand the context, and then you bring it to where you are today. So back then, the people in Israel was living around a bunch of pagans who would like literally cut themselves, put markings on themselves for the dead. It was like a, a, a cultic r- ritualistic type of thing. Mm-hmm. So that's why they were cutting their body. And that's why they were told not to do that. That's why they were told not to get these tattoos. But you look at today's time, most people getting tattoos aren't doing it to yeah. for a ritualistic cultic type okay, of thing. So what do you say about the people who get tattoos, but it's not for God? They're getting a, a tattoo of their dead mom's name on their arm. There's a rem- Again, God has a tattoo of the name on the bottom of his hands to remember. To remember the mm-hmm. children of Israel, the covenant that he made with them. Mm-hmm. So if God has a remembrance tattoo on his hand, it's not, that's not a worship tattoo. That's mm-hmm. not a, I'm, you know... I'm doing something because I want the spirit of the blood of the people who died to be. It's not it. Mm-hmm. It's if you want to remember somebody, there's a story in that your story can connect with somebody who's hurting, mm-hmm. who has pain. And that's the whole point. You know, you might have a tattoo of your mom's hummingbird and somebody else has the same hummingbird. And you ha- you start talking. Now you've got common ground with somebody. Mm-hmm. Now they're more likely to listen to the stuff that you have to say because they're like, you're just like me. Yeah. We see Pastor Hazelip sit down and talk to one of the members of Corn, and he loved was it. Filled with tattoos mm-hmm. and long hair. And if you see him, you would probably think, oh, 
you know, he's not Christian or, you know, it, you, it, you just don't even put him with Christian in your right. mind. But Hazlip was saying, and so was he, that, you know, you can't judge somebody from, you know, what they look like on yes, the outside. Right. It's what's inside. And he's actually known now in the rock industry as kind of the Christian rocker. Other people are going up to him. Are you still doing that Jesus stuff? Because he's a an advocate for christianity even though right. he looks a certain way so kind of like what you're saying you know sometimes tattoos can reach and connect with certain people right. just like gibson and his swag reach into the the hoods and the streets well these <coughs> tattoos are reaching to the skateboarders right. and and the rockers and i think it's just you know your tattoos is different from doing drugs and i don't agree with maisha i don't think it has anything to do with homosexuality i was kind of disappointed you know, when she said that, and I feel like, I feel like she has children and they're growing up in this time. And I feel like hopefully her husband, you know, they can find a common ground and kind of, you know, steer their children in a different way. I feel like when you're so close to the, I, I just, when you're, when you're super yeah, conservative, exactly. when you're borderline tea party, you exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. I think any extreme is bad. Yeah. Too evil is bad and too exactly. holy. Even, to me, they're the same. Oh, I they're one in the same. So, I so, Meg. I'm just saying. Great so, point. and that's Two the points. thing when, for her to be like, you know, the church is becoming more accepting of these things like homosexuality and, and, and I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> because you, the whole point of what you do is to help people get their own relationship with God. How does that even happen with somebody that you have nothing in common with? Yeah. And that's what I love, love. That's why the Hayslips still are my favorite couple. <laughs> yeah. Because here you have a guy from Corn, you know, head the lead guitars in Corn. Which, by the way, when I was in high school, Corn was like the most like death metalhead. Right. Like you yeah. thought like, they were devil worshippers, right? Yes. So, yeah. To see oh, him, yes. I'm like, yeah. you see what God is doing. He has to reach everybody. Yeah. So why not get? the lead guy from corn mm -hmm. to have his own relationship with God. And he even says, I feel like oh, it's the Christians that, that are spitting the worst venom. And he says, you know, I think they need more Jesus than the drug addicts. And yes. that's so true. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. So true. Maisha definitely turned me off a few times during this episode yeah. by being so closed minded. She wouldn't try Loretta soup. She which fish tea soup, by the way, I'm coming to JJ's bistro <laughs> right? this weekend. We need Loretta. to go there. Let's go. I'm like, down. Let's go. And we need Where to get her located? on the show. It's the Inglewood girl. Inglewood. I saw you. It's close to me. Okay. Um, <laughs> then I feel like she overstepped her boundaries a little bit. Like, right. as someone's wife, it's not your job to say what you can and can't do. Oh, I disagree. What? When you get married, this is my opinion. When you get married, you become one. And I feel like, you know, I, I would, if I was married, I would want my husband to ask me. Well, I, I don't know. Okay, I, I see what you're saying. But for me, I feel like this. Yes, when you become married, you become one. We know that, but there's still two different types. Of, there's two people. Yeah. And so you're still going to have different issues and different things that you like. Just because you're one don't mean you like the same stuff. So I think there's a different way she could have handled that. Cause I feel like the way she was I saying believe, it, yeah, she, emascul way. she yeah. emasculated him yeah. like, no, no, that's not going to yeah. happen. That's yeah. not going to happen. I feel like they, they should have talked it out more, but I do feel like when you're in a relationship, it should be, um, like Hazlip, he said that he mentioned it to Christy that he wanted to He didn't ask tattoo. permission. He just told her, just like Wayne said, I'm going to get a like tattoo. A man I think, I think Wayne was just messing with her. He, I, he think he was, I think he was. Yes. I think he knows how his wife is. Right. She, he he knows said, I'm not trying to sleep was, on a couch. Exactly. He knows, you know, she wasn't going to like it. And he was kind of just pushing her buttons to try to open 
open her up a little, which I thought was kind of funny because she was really getting right. upset over it. And I, that that's their marriage. I mean, I, if that yeah. works for them, great. I yeah. don't know. I think that's like a red flag. He needs to leave. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. That's his way of expressing himself. Why is she shutting it down? Like, I don't. Jeez. Red flag, Wayne. Look, red flag. <laughs> and I think Divorce. we're almost, we're almost, um, out of time. We, we have to leave this episode, but you guys out there. Make sure you comment. We want to hear what you guys think of tattoos. Do you think Christians should be getting tattoos? Um, or, you know, do you feel like, Maisha, that you shouldn't, your body is a temple and that you shouldn't mark it for life? Even with ear piercings and all the other well, stuff. Also, mm-hmm. if it's a temple, you need to put the fried chicken down. Like, right. Oh, it extends beyond oh, tattoos. That's what I'm saying. Oh, you know what I mean? Oh, Give me. That's what I'm talking about. But can I say she lost 20 pounds this season? Oh, did she, she did. Yeah. She did. Mm-hmm. If you notice, um, the first couple episodes, she looks heavy, but in her oh, confessionals, wow. she looks thinner. True. I notice that. And all right. Well, let's get on lot. to these predictions. All right. Predictions. And now. Your After Buzz TV predictions. Alright, Miss Newbie, tell us what your predictions are for episode seven. Just give us one. So we saw Noel with his little jacket on walking mm-hmm. up to Loretta. I'm predicting that they might pursue a serious relationship this time around. <gasps> Maybe even pop the question for the finale. Ooh. <laughs> yes, I was gonna say the, say the same thing. Right. Loretta's gonna take him back. And then I think um we're gonna see some fun stuff. With uh, what's her name, Dominique, and her bachelorette party with all the sex toys. Oh, at JJ Bistro's, she does yes. it. Oh, yeah. so we're gonna talk about sex in the next episode. I see, which is Mine. actually a taboo topic. It is. I feel like every episode they have, you know, all we these taboos. The yeah, all these taboo topics. I predict that Loretta and Noel will get back together. I mean, it's 16 years of friendship. That ain't going nowhere. But right. I predict it's going to be the same same thing. Right. You guys out there listening, tell us what you guys predict. Yes. Um, do you think Noel will get back with Loretta? Also, again, the tattoos. Um, and yeah, comment, rate, subscribe, tune in next week. Um, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at FitWithFallon. Where can they find you, Meg? As always, uh, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook at Meg Scoop, like scoop of ice cream. And don't worry, next week I'm going to be back in the Soprano section. <laughs> and you can find me at LATransplant.com. LA transplant. LA transplant. Oh, you had a transplant. Where are you from? A transplant. <laughs> no, not, not quite. She's a transplant. She moved. Oh, you're not on here. the transplant list. I was like, you got cancer, baby. Okay, we gonna lay hands. All right. We'll talk more next week. Tune in same place, same time. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.